0: everyone, welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the Labor Day weekend. I know I did. It's always so great to have that extra day in the weekend to get a few extra errands done, to spend time with family, but surely coming back to work yesterday was pretty rough, you know, trying to fit all the meetings in and get things caught up, but you know, it was all worth it. It was so great to have that extra time and to celebrate the Labor Day holiday. But I'm so glad that you're here today for a brand new episode of the Queen of Com podcast, because it's a very special episode for many reasons. But the first being that this episode is the 60th episode of the Queen of Com podcast. And that is just crazy to me. And I know what you're thinking. We've definitely had more than 60 episodes, but that, that is not including my Queen's Court episodes, which I uh, call, usually call bonus episodes. So this is the 60th regular episode of the Queen of Com podcast, and I'm just so grateful for the podcast and having this passion project on the side because, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes, you know, coming up with social media posts and strategies and, you know, how can I grow the podcast and, you know, working on, you know, PR strategies behind the scenes for the podcast and booking guests and coming up with, you know, episode briefs and questions and doing research on all my guests and, you know, doing episode graphics and all of that fun stuff you know, all that hard work is so worth it because I really feel that, you know, everyone who listens to my podcast takes away at least one insight from every episode. And that's just so important to me, you know, as a professional in the communications industry to really provide my listeners, you know, with these learning moments, because I know myself as a young college student, you know, was looking for that type of real advice. You know, we heard from guest speakers and people like that, but I felt like we really didn't get to have those, you know, Candid conversations with those in the industry. And it's always so amazing to be able to share the stories of women in our industry because, as I always say, you know, we're always the ones to be telling the stories of our clients and, you know, really living and breathing, you know, that messaging and that storytelling. But sometimes it's great to tell your own story as well to inspire the next generation of professionals. So thank you so much to everyone who's listened so far. We're only getting started. And I can't believe that, you know, it's almost two years of the podcast. We're about four months away from. January. You know, planning is starting now for the second annual Queen of Con birthday bash. I know we all had so much fun last year, so stay tuned for more on that front. But today is also the first installment of my new Higher Happy Hour series. So this is similar to the Queen's Court, but it's a bit different because I really want to start the series with professionals you know, who have just graduated within the past, you know, three, maybe four years, that can have that unique perspective of, you know, what it was like to graduate during the pandemic, to then, you know, jumping right into the industry, you know, navigating, starting virtually, working remotely, I mean, um, and, you know, how to build that connection with other coworkers and our ever changing world, you know, what it's like to be in the Gen Z generation at work and at agency. So I just find that these candid conversations are so important to really understand, you know, your coworkers and, you know, different uh, things going on in the industry. And I'm so excited that my guest today for the first installment of the series is my fabulous coworker and she will share her journey from graduating college in 2020, which was such an uncertain time, as we all know, and, you know, finding her way into healthcare PR to now working in consumer PR And, you know, how she has really navigated that post-grad life. Um, We'll talk about the current state of the industry, you know, some more of her journey in college, what she was involved in. And also for today's industry insights, my guest and I are actually going to share insights at the end of the call. Well, insights throughout, you know, there's always something to be learned from each episode and interview. But we're going to be sharing some industry insights at the end of the episode. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But I'm so excited for you to hear from my guest, as I always am. But before we jump into the interview, just a few reminders from me. As always, if you're not already following us on social media, follow us at Queen of Com Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Com Pod on Twitter. Then, if you're enjoying the Queen of Com Podcast and you want to let us know how you feel, head to t- to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. Also, if you want to be in the Queen of Com podcast, you can do one of two things. The first is you can leave us a voicemail at the link in our Instagram bio or at anchor.fm slash podcast slash message. And you could leave us a question for me or my guests, a suggested episode topic or a suggested upcoming guest. And I could play your voicemail on the show. Also, you could Fill out a new guest pitch by sending a pitch to queenofcompodcast at gmail.com. Include a bio and any proposed episode topics, and I can't wait to hear from you. So without further ado, stay tuned for the interview. You're not going to want to miss it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Queen of Com podcast. I'm so excited to bring you this new edition of the Queen's Court. Um, because today it's a new hire happy hour because I wanted to start this series to really give that advice for the class of 2022 that just graduated. So I'm so excited to be joined by my colleague, um, Emily Garcia. She is a class of 2020 grad from UCF. She also works as a senior account executive at Xeno Group. Please welcome Emily Garcia to the podcast. Welcome, Emily. So excited to have you on the show today. Thanks, Paisley. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So, you know, I I feel like the the graduate experience for, you know, all the recent classes has been so varied over the past few years. You know, your class had such a unique, you know, graduation story, as did my class, class 2021. And the class of 2022, they're kind of coming on the tail end of the pandemic, but they still had to, you know, go through those years. So what was your experience like, you know, graduating in 2020?
1: It was definitely really scary. Um, I remember, so when like the pandemic happened, I was actually on like, a school trip. I was in, I know the pandemic was like gradual, but like when things started going to shut down, I had to like just ended a school, like field trip to Chicago, looking at PR agencies. And so I made a joke to like my friends at the airport. I was like, this might be the last time I see you guys. Do you want to hug it out? And they were <laughs> like, Emily, no, like don't <laughs> say that. It's only going to be two weeks, but like, here we are. And that really was the last time that I saw like my classmates and my friends who went on the trip with me. Um, and it's just crazy how it felt like overnight or within a matter of days that like everything changed and being in PR it was particularly scary because you were seeing some people get laid off like right around the time that I was about to get like have to graduate and you know be ready to start um working and so it was really scary and nerve-wracking I had an internship lined up for the summer um and they like dropped me they obviously couldn't keep me on for the summer so um, the program that I was a part of, which is called NAEP, it's the Multicultural Advertising Internship Program, they had an offer that summer that even if you didn't have an internship, you could still be a part of the program, and they were going to do, like, educational sessions throughout the summer. Um, so it was the perfect buffer for me to still have something on my resume, still get to know people and network um, without having an internship again. And then at the end of that program, there was a job fair, kind of, where you can meet um, recruiters and all that kind of stuff and even though the program is mostly for advertising there were only two PR agencies there Um, (laughs) and one of them I met a recruiter that I loved and we like hit it off really well and so in October she hit me up she remembered me and she was like hey you were great do you want to apply for this job that I have opening in a few weeks I was like yes and so that's how I made the switch from like after graduating to then starting my first full-time job so it really is all connections Um, But I was just freaking out. And I felt like I was falling behind compared to other people who managed to find jobs during the height of the pandemic. Like, I was really in my head and really, really stressed out um, and just scared for what the future because it was, you know, totally unprecedented, like everyone said all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's just so crazy like how you have like those, you know, feelings as you're graduating like, oh my god, like I'm nervous to be going out into the workforce and I'm going to miss my friends and you know my experiences in college, but I'm also like ready to make that jump and I just feel like it's like such a unique experience for, you know, any college students who went through the pandemic to like have those feelings but also like is the world going to end? Like what's going to happen? So that's like definitely so crazy, but that's awesome that you still had that Program to like use those like educational sessions and everything. I feel like a lot of um you know people tried to make the most of it and like try to help out students who are going through that.
1: Yeah, no, they definitely were trying. And the PR council also had like a program that I did, um, and that was so really cool. And that was nice because it was very PR focused versus what the other one was very general marketing advertising. Um, so that was really great. But another thing that I did was I reached out to literally anyone who would talk to me like on LinkedIn (laughs) and I would just like fly into their DMs and be like hey or I would specifically try to find people who graduated in 2008 because they I felt like I needed just guidance on like what to do what do I spend my time with like how do I just make the best of the situation that I've been given and so I wanted to reach out to people who also graduated during a tough time and so I did that I reached out to a few people who graduated in 2008 and just like heard you know their experiences and like their advice which was super helpful but it still felt like you couldn't compare apples to apples you know what I mean like yeah it was still very hard and so um it's tough I mean graduating in general is tough and I used to think of it like jumping off a cliff and to not knowing <laughs> what was there <laughs> like what was next really is so hard like that and it's really scary um but and then to, like couple that with the pandemic I was definitely freaking out and just trying to grab any sort of resource or program or anything that I could do to feel like I was still progressing, like life was still going on, and that I was going to be okay.
0: Yeah, and and when the pandemic first started, did you guys do like fully online classes, like with Zoom, or was it just like you finished your work online and like you kind of um, had like assignments on your own?
1: Oh yeah, the my professors were not at like ready um, at UCF the program was really small intentionally. So a lot of my classes were in person and I only had like two or three professors and they all taught like all the same classes. So when it went virtual and like we could not go to campus, they gave up, like <laughs> 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 it was it was like March or April. By the time we got back from spring break, we were gonna graduate in like a few weeks. Like they gave us our finals online and maybe we had one more assignment but they really did like just, they, like I don't know, it was so hard for them to make the switch, so I didn't have any lectures, no zoom, it was just totally like email, and they use web courses at the time, so I did web courses and just you know finished up what I needed to do, but yeah, no my my professor's checked out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any zoom like classes either. And I, I always find this so funny. Like I've been saying this, like whatever happened to Skype, like, I feel like Skype was so big, like when we were in high school and everything and the, and even middle school and stuff. But then as soon as the pandemic, like nobody knew how to use zoom or like Skype or anything. And yeah. we we're just doing everything on iLearn, which is like the company we use similar to like a blackboard or something like that. But yeah, everything was online. And I was like, I can't believe like this is like the solution, but <laughs> it worked out, I guess, because I guess everyone was so uncertain about everything. But yeah. yeah.
1: I think well, they needed the summer to like put together plans and like figure out for fall when we knew it was gonna be a little bit more permanent. Um, but yeah, that last three weeks was like all hell break loose, like just do whatever you want and just get the grades in and graduate. So yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely a crazy time. Like I was I was a PR and journalism major. So I still had like PR classes, but then I also had journalism. And so to graduate, um, like with that dual, like journalism degree, we had to take this class and it was like all different types of journalism. So like you had to do like a radio segment and like a broadcast segment and like all that. So like the point of the class was that you had like a camcorder and like you had a team and you would go around campus and like interview people and like make segments. But because of the pandemic and everything, like we didn't get to finish. So we had to like make them from home. So I remember me and my dad would be like outside like filming this thing, like, what do you think about like the toilet paper shortage and this whole thing? And I was like using the remote to do them. Like, oh my God, this oh, is crazy, God. like how this all <laughs> happened like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Luckily, none of my thoughts were like that. I think the worst that I had to do was just record myself during like PowerPoint because I would normally have to give a presentation in class, but because of that, like I had to record myself. Um and that was it like it really didn't change too much um but yeah you made it through
0: <laughs> yeah and <laughs> well you dodged a bullet the next year because i feel like it got like worse yeah. yeah well professors <laughs> like kind of figured out but they didn't fully figure it out like speaking of like recording yourself for um presentations i had this class last year and it was like we were all half of the class was in so the way we did it was like if your class was on like monday and wednesday you would go in on a monday but the other half would be on zoom And then we'd switch the second day. But when there was a presentation, if you were, there was a point where we had a room that was like big enough for everyone. So we were in class in masks and like few seats apart from each other. And then if there was a presentation, we had to record it and then play on the screen in front of everyone because we weren't allowed to like stand in front of people and like project with our voices. So like, it was so awkward to like watch yourself <laughs> like that a YouTube so video on the screen. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm
1: shook. I am so embarrassing. Thank God I did not have to go to anything like <laughs> I was like shriveled up and died in that seat. Like, that's just horrible. That's-
0: yeah, and <laughs> the teacher would be like, cue up the video. And like, you have to share your screen on Zoom even oh, though you were in the God. classroom. Oh my God, it was so awkward. And then like, when I'm you so like so see like who's missing from the class and then like Pop up on the zoom, like oh boy, they're in quarantine! Like, oh no,
1: (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, that sounds pretty traumatic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was, but at the same time, at least we both have something to talk about, like for generations to come. Like, oh, we had such a unique experience.
1: (laughs) I feel like in the future, when people like look back at the pandemic and just all the crazy things that like happened, like that, for example, it's gonna be just like mind blowing, just like how wild everything
0: got for like a short period of time. (laughs) I know, like I feel so stupid because speaking of on that journalism thing, so we had this class that was like right before the pandemic and it was like you had to go around campus and ask questions. Then we'd go back to the classroom and we'd have like an hour to write um, an article on whatever topic and so I remember going around asking about the coronavirus and we we're talking with these people and these people like it's not gonna happen and my my best friend actually she was going to Italy like the week um, of like March for like spring break mm-hmm. and so I was like oh like you're going to Italy like are you nervous and this whole thing and she was like no I'm not that nervous like we're just gonna be careful like wash our hands and everything and it was like just on that cusp of getting crazy and then I remember like the next week like it was just like so crazy and the night before like our spring break of that like march i think it was like march 13th mm-hmm. i remember me and my friend just like stayed out like until like 3 a.m just because we knew like you were talking about your friends like let's talk it out because like you there were just that feeling in the air of like you knew that you, like yeah. it was the end
1: <laughs> yeah it definitely felt like that like savor every last minute all that kind of stuff because it was just like who knows who knew what's gonna happen at that point you know
0: yeah Well, speaking on a more happy note, so Mm -hmm. while you were in college, I know we're on the same vein, we're so involved in everything. So, what were like some of the uh, activities or clubs that you were involved in while you were in college?
1: Yeah, so um, I was a part of Quotes, it was the PR club at UCF. um, And then it was a part of like the Florida Public Relations Association, it was like their student chapter. I was a part of that pretty involved. My first year, I was director of communication, so I did their social media. And then I think I did that for a year and a half or so. And then my last year, I was president of the club only for a semester, which was the semester that everything happened. But (laughs) they were the group that I went on that trip with. It was actually in Chicago. So so I did that for a good chunk of my time. And then I was also I had a minor in writing and rhetoric. So I worked in the writing center, which I thought was really helpful because it's like helped my writing and like grammar and like, you know, very like by the rules things, which like you learn like, you know, when you're in middle school and maybe in high school, but it's like you forget those things. And so I thought I always thought it was very helpful. Um, and I really liked that. And I feel like, oh, and I also did a little bit of her campus as well, which is pretty fun. Um, and I really liked like, meeting the girls and like just writing creatively like that. Cause I didn't have another outlet. Um, so that was really exciting.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Those clubs are like so important to join. Like, I feel like as a freshman, I was like so nervous, but like, I wanted to get involved in so much. And then once I did like, yeah saw the same people who were in my classes and like we all went to the clubs at night and everything. Uh, because like we we had to have clubs start at nine fifteen PM like to make sure that people in night classes could join. So like it was like a whole day affair because you saw people in class and then you'd be like, see you at nine fifteen and it would go to like 10 30. I'd be so tired.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I
0: that <laughs> your <was> just
1: crazy. <laughs> my uh I we had our meetings at like four. So I could never complain. I think the only thing though was that like People have sometimes had internships that would end at five, so it'd be hard to get to meetings. I had several internships while in college, and so, like, I would have to leave early, and they typically understood because, like, you know, they wanted someone to be involved, you know, to be, like, the president of the club, so they understood, Um, but, yeah, I definitely remember those days where it's, like, either you had a club meeting, like, internally to, like, schedule things out, or if it's, like, there was an actual, like, club event, and those are days are long. Like I <laughs> I would go to the school, like the college cafeteria, and just grab dinner and just like hang out on campus all day because I knew I was gonna have an event that night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the clubs are so fun, but they're also so much work. Like I worked with my student run agency. So like we like work with real clients. And like, we did like PR and advertising and everything for them. And so we'd have like a main like agency meeting on Wednesdays, where we'd kind of be like, kind of like our consumer meetings that we have, like going through different things in the agency. But mm-hmm. then like we'd meet with the client on certain days for like a client call and then have like an internal call. And I feel like I'm now looking back and I'm like, Oh my God, I spent so much time on that. And like, it's like crazy that we do that for money now. But like, I did that's, that I completely right now, like <laughs> crazy. you
1: were getting paid for that. And you're doing it in college. <laughs> Like pros to you because also my first job at a college agency and I was kind of like scared about it because all of my internships during college were in-house. And so it is totally different. But the fact that you are working at a PR agency while in college is my <laughs> like you were doing internal calls, client calls, like that's crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it was especially crazy like the last year because I was co-firm director um, with my friend and colleague, uh, Allie Foley, and she, um, we would like share the position. So it's basically like being like the head of the agency. So besides like the normal, like hours, we'd be like working all the time on like different client things. And like, we were kind of doing a lot of that, like new businessy stuff, like finding new clients and like having like client relationship meetings and all that, especially over zoom and everything. So that was a lot more hours. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I dedicated my whole senior year to that, but it was worth it. It was definitely worth it, but it was a a lot of time, but
1: (laughs) I can totally see that.
0: Yeah. Well, so I also wanted to ask you about, so, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, getting that first job out of college. So what are your, what's your biggest piece of advice for the class of 2022? That's, you know, looking for their new job or just got a new job.
1: I would say so if you're looking for your first job like out of college I would say network and lean into your network the one that you already have Um, and don't be afraid to like slide into people's LinkedIn DMs and just say like hey I'm interested in a job at your company like can you tell me about the culture or just like what is your role like and try to find people who are at the level that you would be applying for because then those are people that you can like be honest with and then let's say like you have a really good conversation you can like obviously check their job listings to see if they have any open roles and then reach out to a recruiter and just to say like hey I saw that you're hiring for this job I think it's really interesting I actually spoke to this person and I was really interested you know I just love more about the culture and what the job has to offer like you know would you have want to have like a 30 minute coffee chat was what I always said and that always Typically did well, even though sometimes I would go to recruiters and and try not to seem like you're looking for a job and you're only talking to them for a job. Like try to like actually seem interested in the company and the culture. Um, And then, you know, if it goes off well and hits it well, like they might have a role already open that, you know, they'll consider for you right there or they'll think of you in the future. Um, but I've had that happen a few times where I talked to your recruiter and like, okay, in a week that like, let me get back to you. I think I have a role opening up soon. Like, you know, let me keep you top of mind and put you forward. And so that's how like you make those connections. And that's like how, that's how I've gotten every job after my first internship, it was all like connection, connection, connection from like people that we knew or that I knew, um, or just people that I met or, you know, talked with on LinkedIn or in the job fair, like I talked about, that's really all it is. And especially on that, like first entry level job it's less so like the skills that you have or like obviously experience and having a a thorough resume is good and obviously helps but really what they're trying to look for is like can they trust you um are you like a fun, nice person going? <laughs> and just like, will you be a good colleague and coworker? Because like agencies and anywhere you go can really like mold you into the the what they need you to be and like for the job role and they can teach you things. Um, but like, they can't teach you how to be nice. They can't teach you, you know, how to have like manners and be respectful, but also like be fun and be easygoing and be lighthearted. Like those are things that like, you can't teach someone. And so that's like, at that point, that's like kind of like, what I look for if I'm like interviewing someone or just like, I always try to keep that in mind. And it's like, the bar is not high. You don't need to like know all these things and have all these technical skills. Like just be yourself and put yourself out there and just keep trying. Cause I know it's really disheartening to like I got a couple like rejections and all that kind of stuff and it can be really hard, but just keep going and keep trying cause you're gonna find the right place. Um, and yeah, it, it's uh, it's scary out there, but just keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's like so important to have those connections and I feel like it can be so scary like when you're at the internship like I remember I've like come such a long way with my networking skills because like I did an internship um, I work for Fox Entertainment in New York City and we're like in office and everything and I remember I was so petrified to like hey, can we grab coffee or anything like that but now like I feel like so stupid that I didn't like do take that chance and like um, speak with them for networking and everything and so that's such a good point that you bring up of like don't be afraid to you know reach out to someone because More often than not, like people are so willing to say yes, like the worst that they can say is no. And that's such a great thing that you brought up as well as like sharing your personality. Like, I feel like it's like so awesome when you're able to like share like that side of yourself, like outside of work, because people, like you were saying, people do want to have those fun people around that are nice to everyone and everything. So definitely, that's some great advice you shared.
1: Yeah. I also think I did a lot of like every chance that I can, I do a mentorship program. Like if someone's offering a mentorship program, I take part in it. Because like that's another way to grow your network, and it's like intentional. It's not like you're making the first move and flying into someone's DM. It's like they also signed up to be a part of this program, and they wanted to get a mentee. So you're gonna be like matched up with someone. And so I've had a few mentors, and they've all been like really great. I've gotten really lucky with my mentors, <laughs> um, but it's just a really great way. And then also like they have connections that they'll probably put you in contact to, you know. And so so yeah. many always reach out to in the future. And yeah, I honestly think that as scary as as it is, like, it's all about connections, and who you know, and yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And going back to what we're talking about with the clubs too, like, you never know, like, if someone was in that club before you, like, you could bridge that connection. Like, hey, like I saw while you were at, you know, X school, like you, you took part in this club and like, let's like, talk about it. Or like, a lot of times like we had events for like my school newspaper or like the agents the student-run agency i worked for we really like invited alumni back and then like you if you're the one that you know creates that event or like a networking thing like you have their contact information like you can say like hey remember that event we worked on or something like that it's so important to keep those connections oh
1: no definitely i um i hosted an event with corpsicle because they're like orlando based oh cool and um the marketing man- i was coordinating with the marketing manager to have her come speak. And like, we just really hit it off when we met in person too. So then she like now just comments on all my LinkedIn posts all the time. Like, and that was just through the club. And so that's a, that is such a good point that like, you never know who you're going to meet through those things. Um, And my first, like I mentioned how I got like every single job from like from a connection. So the the way that I did it was through the club too that I was a part of. Um, I signed up to be a part of it. And like, as a member before I got involved in the board and I met this girl who was on the board. And so she was graduating. And so she kind of like took me under her wing and was like, here, you should just follow every step that I did. And so like <laughs> I had her first internship and then she put me in touch with someone else and then she soon me to someone else. And so like, and then she also helped me like get up, get more involved in the club. And like, was my recommendation when I applied to be on the board for the social media position? Like, it was like that. Like, sometimes you never know who you're going to meet and how many doors they can open for you. And I, even after she graduated and like, I, you know, progressed on my own, um I would reach out to her and she was one of the people I reached out to that summer too talking about like how was your first year on the job like in an agency like how is it going and I could always be honest with her because like it was just someone that you had that connection with already you know and so it's so true like you just really don't know who knows who and like what connections and what doors they can open for you
0: yeah Yeah, definitely. That's so awesome that she like paved that way for you. That's so important for, you know, I think (laughs) women in our industry to be doing that, of like, you know, sharing their experiences and their connections, because like the big point of doing this podcast is that I feel like we have such like a huge community of women in communications that are so willing to help and so willing to lend a hand. So that's an awesome story you just told that totally proves my point, but (laughs) um, that I always tell to listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I totally
1: agree.
0: Yeah. and, And going back to the club thing as well, too, like, I've, I know so many times, like, entry-level, um like, candidates are, like, so afraid to, like, I don't have any experience, like, you were talking about, like, it doesn't have to, you don't have to bring, like, a huge skill set to, you know, those entry-level jobs, but, like, take that opportunity to really gas yourself up with, like, you know, the different clubs that you did, like, if you worked on an, like, a, an event, like, with Corksicle, like, put that on your resume and really talk about it, because I think that those, like, unique things really stand out to an employer as well, like, in the interview process.
1: Yeah, and it's also just, like, you can get, crafty with it sometimes like if you like it's rough and I, ha- I still really hate them but like unpaid internships like everyone's got to do it once I feel like and so um it's really unfortunate and I, I feel strongly about unpaid internships um but it's like it's that first one that got me to open that door you know and it's like okay I had the one I did my time now I can go get an actual paying internship and then just keep going up from there you know um So that's one thing but also at the same time like if your parents own like a bakery maybe run their social media and like do some PR for them or your like aunt or your cousin or you have an Etsy shop like and you do PR for that kind of yeah (laughs) social media like just get creative with it with the things that are around you that you can do and and help and talk to and, and talk about during your interviews I mean with recruiters I think there's always a way to like kind of get around things and also I remember we always had a resume workshop in the club that I was a part of. And um, the speaker would always talk about how like you can spin babysitting. You can spin like a cat groomer or just like a dog walker. Like you can spin that to talk about how responsible you are. Talk about how like you're always on time and you manage schedules. Like there's always a way to spin something a little bit to make it more relevant to the job that you're applying to. And just to show that like, you are a good candidate for the role. So I think it's about being creative and thinking outside the box and just working with what you got and also making sacrifices along the way too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that That's such a good point you bring up because like, I always say this too on the podcast is that, you know, you bring so much value when you first enter a company, like whether or not you believe that, like you just bring so much value, whether, you know, you have something special that you, you know, work on, or you have a cause that you care about, or these different things that you've done before, like internships, or even like you're saying, like, babysitting or, you know, doing, um, you know, PR for an Etsy or something like that. You just bring so much value to a position. So never forget that. And really, you know, highlight that on your resume. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And I think sometimes uh, like going into job hunting and, and doing interviews, I felt like so desperate to like find the job, but they're also desperate to hire. Like they are desperate to like fill that role for whoever left or just like an open opportunity. Like they want to fill that role as quickly and as seamlessly as possible. And so it's always remembering as well that you have a value. And so that way like you don't get, you know, overshadowed or just like you don't negotiate for yourself or something like that where you feel like you don't get your value because you have to remember that you are so valued already as a potential candidate um, because they have a role they need to fill.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Definitely do your research too. (laughs) Choose the right company, read the glass (laughs) door.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, you know, I'm gonna bring you back to your freshman year now. What would you go back in time and tell your freshman year self, knowing everything that you know, you know, with your years outside of college and then also with, you know, your years that you spent past freshman year?
1: Mm -hmm. And speaking on my like personal experience, I went into college already having like AP credits. And so like they qualified for classes. And so I entered basically already as like a sophomore, and I only did three years of college so if I were to go back to like my freshman year self who learned this like her second semester that she already had cut one year (laughs) I would say like don't freak out and take your time like do the study abroad I wanted to do a Spanish minor to like work on my Spanish and keep um, learning and like practicing and I didn't do that and just like take your time because I ended up just like going with it because I really didn't know I'm first gen so like like my parents didn't go to college here and stuff like that so it's like I didn't know college and like what did that entail and like I didn't know what was going on like <laughs> it was very much just like I was thrown into a big pool and I moved away from my family and I didn't know how to like navigate through it and I just was like going with what my advisor told me and going with like that trajectory that was already laid out like you take this class and this class and you just go through the motions right and I ended up not liking my advisor too much and she was also the one that told me to push to like graduate early and I don't regret it. You know, timing has its uh, benefits and, you know, trust the timing of your life and everything happens for a reason, but at the same time, work is always going to be there, you know? So if you can take that time to like use all four years or go study abroad, like just do something with that time instead of just jumping into working, I would say that because Corporate America is always going to be there. You being 20 years old and in college is not is very. Um, it's a limited time, so definitely enjoy, take the classes that you want, and just take it at the speed that you want. Like, don't rush to become an adult and to graduate. So that's what I would tell myself. But obviously, that's not a, uh, an opportunity everyone has. You know, sometimes you really do have to finish school quickly to like go get a job and you know start making money and all that kind of stuff. So it's a. Uh, There's pros and cons to it all. I think it all happened for a reason, and I obviously can't change what happened, but I definitely just wish that I took a a literal chill pill and just like (laughs) relaxed (laughs) for a second and just enjoyed it a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about that. You know, everything happens for a reason. Like in my experience, my freshman year was like, not the perfect perfect experience like I was hoping for. Like I was homesick from being away from home and like it was hard to make friends and like finding my place. And I was like, oh my God, like sophomore year is going to be awful because like freshman year wasn't the best. And so I went into sophomore year. I was like so jaded. I'm like like I'm not even going to try to make more friends. Like I'm just gonna stick with my small group and like just gonna be doing this, this and this. But then sophomore year everything got you know so much better and like things always happen for a reason. Like you meet new groups of friends, like you join that new club and you know, you get that internship, like so many different things happen that like can elevate your experience. And it just like, like you were talking about just the timing of, you know, how everything happens and you just have to trust that. And like, even with like the pandemic hitting and everything, it was so unfortunate, like to miss like all those big moments. Like we we're supposed to have like our final dance show and like different things that we were doing, like with our classes that were so exciting that didn't happen because of COVID, but because like we we were like you know, online and everything. Like, I feel like I took on more responsibilities in different places and was able to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do like this podcast. Like this would have never come through without the pandemic and everything. So I just feel like I totally agree with that. Everything happens for a reason. And you just have to trust, you know, the process of everything because you truly never know. You can't anticipate anything, especially in college. <laughs> Very
1: true. No, so turn on a fun. And I feel like we could do a whole another podcast episode on like the social non-PR things of like college because like yeah here is rough yeah it it is (laughs) really rough so we could do a whole another podcast episode of like making friends and moving and like college itself like it's literally insane I went from a school that was my graduating class was 125 people
0: and then my college
1: 60,000 people or I think maybe more so it was insane um but we can go into this in a whole another episode
0: <laughs> yeah i can definitely relate to that i went to a school all girls and like we had a small class like that and so then to get to college it was first of all like kind of, I mean, I went to school with boys like in middle school and elementary school and everything, but then having those four years of like a break, <laughs> you kind of get back in the class. I'm like, oh, this is so different. And then, cause you can't just be like, so outspoken. Like that sounds stupid to say, but like, you just couldn't be as outspoken everything. It was just like a different experience. And then also like to be in a new state and like trying to find friends and everything. I definitely agree with you that, is that, with that as well. It's like, so like hard to like bring your personality because you're so shy and everything. And then the roommate situation, like, oh my God, what a time. Like I had two roommates fresh year because I, we had like a tour, like during orientation where we like toured each of the dorms and like we get to choose. And so I was so blinded because the rooms that had two, um, that had three roommates altogether had like a bigger closet and I was just blinded by that. But I should have, if I could go back in time, I would change which dorm I chose because having two roommates was a nightmare because you had to like had three different schedules, like Three different personalities. It was just a time. But yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I have my good fair share of roommate stories. <laughs> so you let me know when you want to dive into that.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll have to connect on that off air. But yeah. 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 <laughs> what a time. But we we made it through and we survived. Yep. Um, and so I wanted to ask you too, so you know besides your advice, like for your freshman year self and everything, like how have you seen the industry change since you first joined right after graduation?
1: Yeah. So when I was graduating, like I mentioned, everyone was getting laid off and like everyone was, I feel like because no one knew what the pandemic was going to bring and like people couldn't shop and just like the way that, you know, businesses made money was going to be totally different. Um, and so I, my understanding, obviously I wasn't in the industry fully yet. Like I was still like figuring things out and doing internships. Um, my understanding was that like consumer things and just like, you know, entertainment and anything outside of healthcare really, really took a step back and paused like their budgets and their spending and everything. And so obviously when spending, something goes down, with spending, I feel like PR and marketing is the first thing to go because it's a non-essential. And so, um, that's when you saw like a lot of people at agencies get laid off because accounts get smaller or, you know, for different reasons. Um, And so the only area of PR, of course, that was growing and hiring was healthcare. And so that's why my first job was in pharma. Um, And definitely not, (laughs) was not my experience. was not what I wanted, um, but I needed the job. And so I definitely learned a lot there. Um, But I just remember, you know, when I first started in the industry that it was very much pharma and just in the health space obviously everything was about COVID and just like what that meant um, and so it was definitely a different world and especially being in a healthcare agency like I was just so embedded into health news and, and all things pharma um, so I definitely feel like since then things have gone a little bit more back to normal obviously and just like you know, travel has been big this summer. So like, that's been really refreshing. Um, and just like different areas in the consumer space has like bounced back. So that's been really good to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine being in the throes of like healthcare PR during like the start of the pandemic. I'm sure you were doing so many like coverage audits and all of that to to keep up with everything.
1: Oh, yeah. I uh, luckily wasn't in like infectious diseases or, you know, just viral things. I worked in oncology. So it was cancer. So it was, um, I remember also 2020 was a year of like social justice and, and, you know, that movement. And so that was a big um, topic that we talked a lot about in pharma and just in oncology specifically because, you know, black women and breast cancer um, and all those types of things. And it was a really important issue. And another, a whole nother episode <laughs> talked about my experience in pharma, um, but it was, It was hard, it was very difficult and very different than what I do right now, but it was very rewarding and touching and it had its really, really good moments because it felt like, you know, you were contributing you were helping something, Um, but it was tough. It definitely was tough. I had one assignment that it was like monitoring some like, uh, advocates, some breast cancer advocates. And, um, it was just to see like, what were the social trends were and just to see like what the conversations was like, kind of like getting in the mind of the patient of like, what are they concerned about when it comes to their cancer? And because we were monitoring, um, you would see a, like, they put a lot of their life on social media. And so like, I would know a lot about these patients sometimes <laughs> of like, like, uh, there was particularly one patient that lived near my old home, my childhood home, and she took a picture of her kids at the park. And I saw it, and I was like, "I know that park." And I, she's from Miami, so I like knew exactly where she like the area that she lived in, which is insane. Um, and she doesn't know that I exist, which is pretty crazy. Um, but it's like because of those things, it's like okay, I know that. Like I felt like I knew this person, even though like you don't know that person at all and obviously these are people with cancer so it can be really hard and really sad to see their stories and like what they share online and and after i left my old job one of those patients passed away and i remember seeing it online i was like oh my god because like you because i was monitoring i was like checking up on them on like a monthly or more often basis and so it's um it was tough (laughs) it was a really rewarding experience and obviously got me where I am now. And I don't think I could go back to pharma for other reasons, but just like the human aspect of it was really nice. Um, and it was really, um, it was really touching. Holly <laughs> <laughs> derailed the whole conversation. I don't remember what the question was about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. That does sound so rewarding of like that human aspect. Like I had someone on the show and she runs an agency that's just specifically about like the human interests of like marathons. So like, why people run and like getting feature stories like in magazines and everything and she was explaining that and she had such like a personal like story with that because she really has like a passion for running but she also runs an agency and so it was so cool to hear her talk about that human aspect so those stories that you told were like were so touching about how you were like following those patients and everything Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it was uh it's definitely an experience um but yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. I, and, and before the pandemic uh, I was talking about, I did that um, internship with Fox entertainment. And so like, I never got to meet any celebrities, but like I had to do like the monitoring for them. And so on a completely different vein from like the touching, <laughs> the touching story and everything, I feel like I was like following these people as if like, going their every move, like, Oh my God, like they're going to be in New York this, this day. And like, they're going to get back here and this whole thing. And it was so interesting to see how that happens, like in entertainment, like how, like, it's so different from like the work we do in consumer of like how you're dealing with like personalities and people rather than like products so that was like so interesting to see and also something fun more on a more fun note than that um like with the mass singer and everything like even though like we were working on the publicity team like they didn't tell us who like the person was in the costume so like it would say like the tiger is going to be announced this week or something like that and we'd have to like track like who was following the tiger like i think like gold derby was like doing like one of those like recap things but that was something that was crazy to me as well as like we're working for these people and like we don't know who's in the costume but yeah definitely interesting to to see that human aspect whether it's like the touching with like the pharma stuff but also like the entertainment of like these crazy celebrities
1: yeah no they're definitely pr is definitely human oriented whether we like it or not sometimes um and it always seems things interesting that way you know
0: (laughs) yeah Definitely. So one final question for you, Emily. Um, and so this is just to have some fun. So are there any campaigns that you've seen lately, like on social media or like through like looking at agent on, uh, like industry sites or anything that have really caught your attention?
1: Um, I thought about this a little bit before, uh, I don't know really if it's like a campaign, but it's just more so that I like, like what they're doing. I would say like rare beauty has been just popping off like all over my TikTok, And maybe that just says something about me, but like the blushes are everywhere and then now the tinted moisturizer is everywhere like I um and then I heard that Selena Gomez would be dropping a lip like stuff too and I don't even have any of her products but like just I see it everywhere and everyone's raving about it and it just feels like authentic and then I would like go to the comments of like the TikTok videos and like the top comment would be from the brand like they're just killing it in my opinion um obviously that not everyone is super obsessed with the products Um, I've seen, like, some things of like, the brush is too, the blush is, like, too strong or, you know, how whatever someone interprets it and how they like their makeup, Um, but I think that they are just killing it in the sphere right now, especially when, like, the celebrity makeup area, space, whatever you want to call it, is so crowded now, I feel like, like, Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Hailey Bieber dropped something the other day, like, it is so crowded these days around just like that whole space of things and so for Rare Beauty to like actually be good for their product and not just be about like Selena Gomez and to be kind of like on top next to Fenty of course like no one's gonna be take- Fenty <laughs> but you know just like I think they're killing it and so I commend them for that and I want to keep watching what they're doing.
0: Yeah I love Rare and Um, they actually succeeded with me because after seeing like all the stuff I went out and bought, like so many of the things, like I bought a blush and like the foundation, everything, I love it. But yeah, I totally agree how authentic they are. Like, I love how they have like such a good, like, um, advocacy for like mental health, like with the rare, um. I think it's the Rare Impact Foundation that they have. And I like how you said that, like, it's not all about Selena, like it's about the products and about the different messages that they have. And um, I also follow follow their like CMO on TikTok. Like she's like becoming her own star, which I thought was so cool. Oh yeah, I did
1: see like an article about her the other day and I was like, whoa, like that's major moves.
0: Yeah, and if if you're listening, I can't remember her name right now. (laughs) But if you want to come on the show, you're welcome. But yeah, they do such an amazing job with their like marketing and PR and everything.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I saw her, she like, I think she had an article with like how you know her and Selena built like this empire you know of Rare Beauty and it was just really inspiring to see her and now she's like getting when you can like get out of the CML role and then now already be recognized for your work um, apart from the brand is huge like you're not just the CML of Rare Beauty like you are this person's name which we both forget but <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really cool to see Um, and yeah but maybe I'm biased I do I like Selena Gomez and I'm looking forward to only murders in the building came out season two, so I'm very excited to see that so I don't know what that says about me but you can take what you want (laughs) I love
0: Selena Gomez I already I haven't you know I can't wait to watch tonight um to see the next season but I saw the uh, headline from Variety last night and it was like Selena Gomez's best work in season two so I'm already so excited I can't wait
1: I'm so excited okay I'm gonna ping you about it tomorrow then we gotta like dish out our thoughts on yes
0: (laughs) <laughs> it, it's such like a puzzle because like you have to like every episode like you have to remember all these different things because I feel like they like you never expect like there could be something in the corner like and that played into like the whole um like murder thing last season like I felt like I had to go back and watch in the beginning and like watch all the clues so when the finale came out I'm like I think I know who it is but then I think I was wrong I can't remember but yeah there's they're so clever in the way that they do that show let talk about a good PR move they, they all have a lot of good PR moves in that yeah
1: I definitely agree and like I just think it's the writing is also like really good and the visuals are really good and the story is just really good like I honestly got hooked on it so fast and I was really sad when it ended but I'm just so excited that it's back now and yes there's the New York Times an article on the building and it's actually pretty interesting so go and give give that article a read um it's really interesting the history of that that building
0: Yeah. I'll have to check that out. It's such a beautiful building. Like you would never expect like a building in New York city to have like that big courtyard, like in between and everything.
1: Yeah. It's actually an acre wide, I believe. So it's pretty huge. Wow. And, um, they talk a lot about it in the, um, in the article, just the people who live there and just the stories around it. Um, so it's super interesting. You gotta go give it a read. I won't spoil it for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to go read that. Um, And the campaign that I have been loving is like the rebrand of American girl dolls. Like (laughs) they just like rebranded into like this, like Gen Z, like, but more like our Gen Z generation of like that, that like went through like the younger years of like, you know, seeing, getting the catalogs, and like seeing American girls everywhere, like the movies and everything. But now like they rebranded their cafe where they're like welcoming like adults, like they have like happy hours and drinks and like bachelorette parties and they're like doing this it's whole so like cool. resurgence where like they want to cater more to like adults our age who like want to go out with their friends and like have the dolls and like kind of be like kind of ironic about it like memories and nostalgia from our childhood and they also started like a podcast um, like network so they're having the dolls host podcast which I think is so cute and so like modern day like for American Girl Dolls
1: that's crazy I didn't know that but that's actually so fun like I can't imagine how funny it would be to go to a bar and then like you're with your friends and you all have like mini versions of yourself yeah <laughs> what a Lizzie McGuire moment
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I, lo- I love it I yeah love- I see I saw on TikTok like I guess like if you don't have a doll like they have them like there that you can choose from and like the waiter brings it over and like they put in a little seat and everything and oh
1: my god that's so funny
0: yeah And and I think that just plays into like that whole nostalgia factor that like so many brands are going after because I feel like so many things from like our childhood are like coming back, like Disney Channel and everything. And it's just like so fun to see brands have fun with like their products and services and everything like that.
1: Definitely. I've seen in the food space too, just a lot of like old products that got discontinued have like made a resurgence for like limited time and people go crazy. Like nostalgia is a really big thing now. So um, it's interesting to see because it's, it's, it can be a little bit tiring when it's like this old, old product after old product after old product that just comes back. But um, when they do it right, it's done well. So love to see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for the, the comeback of Dunkaroos and I'm so happy that they made yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was such a fun chat, and I hope that everyone got some great tidbits from our conversation. And it was just so fun to hear about your experiences and, you know, just like your college life in general. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Paisley. I'll come back whenever you want.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll have to circle back on that conversation about college roommates. life in general and roommates because I <laughs> yeah, think that would be a very compelling episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode of the Queen of Com Podcast? Well, head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. Do you want to be on the Queen of Com Podcast? Head to the link in our Instagram bio or to anchor.fm slash Queen Podcast slash message to leave us a voicemail that could potentially be used on the show. And finally, if you're not already, follow us on social media at Queen of Com on Instagram and at Queen of Com Pod on Twitter. Join us next week as we celebrate more Women in Communications.